Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So Joe Biden announces he's running for re-election, and he does it the way you do it in 2023. You do it with a video, and I watched that video, and I could not believe it. Man, are we in for one long, nasty, ugly election season. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I'm going to play you some of this. And I had the chance to sit down with Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com. He's also the author of the book Going Red, which you can find at Amazon.com. He wrote the book breaking down the data of, do you realize how few votes it takes in certain key counties, in certain key states to ensure an electoral uh, electoral victory. It's kind of incredible how it works. This video is kind of incredible about what it doesn't say because it is just this is just bad stuff. There's there's no message here. It's ugly. And then and then I saw this Biden. I'm in, and so is my demagoguery from the one and only Ed Morrissey of hotair.com and I'm like I'm not alone <laughs> and neither neither are you uh Ed Morrissey hotair.com um on a scale of 1 to holy crap or maybe it's going from on a scale of 1 to is this really the best that could could come up with what was your take your first gut reaction from Joe Biden's reelection uh video released today First off, great to be with you, Tony. Um, And uh, and I love AFP. So um, uh, I'm a huge I'm a huge AFP fan. I've worked with them in the past. They're a great organization. Um, My first reaction was the very first image that comes up is a January 6th image, right? I think there's a picture of Biden, and the very first image when it gets to you know off of him is a January 6th image. It was like, okay, I know what this is going to (laughs) be. This is going to be nothing but demagoguery. Uh, where it's going to be all about ultra mega and nothing about um, about the issues, and even that, even the the end, it still surprised me how substance free this was. This is a guy who's running for re-election. He's been in office for a little over two years, right? Two two and a quarter years, maybe. Um, and he's passed legislation. You know, the the um, American Rescue Plan, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. And, uh, and a bipartisan infrastructure bill. He doesn't talk about any of that. Why? Because none of that actually has done anything to benefit anybody. Uh, in fact, if you arguably, uh, well, not even arguably, the uh, American Rescue Plan is what touched off hyperinflation, which right. was likely to start anyway for a lot of different structural reasons that go back to the Obama years. But that touched it off because it set up a it set up a demand wave in the middle of a supply chain crisis, which, you know, an econ 101 student could tell you would set off inflation an inflationary wave. Inflation is too much cash and not enough stuff. And then you don't add to that too much cash. You don't add right. more cash to a situation where you already have too much cash in, in the system. And you're right that he isn't he isn't in, in any way, shape or form engaged in. Well, talking about any of his positive qualities let's start with let's start with how this ad starts i'm going to play about a minute of it i want everybody to be able to hear this and and understand what exactly 
is going on. I think this is the start. I think I've got this right. That wasn't the start. This is the start. <laughs> freedom. Personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term, to fight for our democracy. This shouldn't be a red or blue issue. To protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms, cutting Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy, dictating what healthcare decisions women can make, banning books and telling people who they can love, all while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. When I ran for president four years ago, I said we're in a battle for the soul of America, and we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead, we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election. That's right. Don't be complacent. Vote for me again. Yeah, um, this is not a time to be complacent. By the way, the today's lit at the White House is going to be at nine twenty-five a.m. <laughs> they don't want you. You got to assume you, you got to assume they don't want to answer questions about this. I, I absolutely believe that to be true. Uh, Ed uh, Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com uh, joins me right now, but I think there, there's a, a bigger question, which is yeah. This is the best they had. You just saw the first minute 30 of that three minute video. You heard the first minute 30. Is there anything uplifting in the first minute 30? Is there anything in there that's his his story? I know. I mean, that's the problem, right? I mean, there's there's nothing here except a whole collection of cliches and platitudes, Tony. I mean, there's nothing in this. I, you can parse any single one of these uh, any sentence in there, I, I defy you to <laughs> pull a sentence out of there that isn't a cliche or and uh, uh, there are a couple of uh, demagogic attacks, you know, for instance, on Social Security. They want to cut Social Security. Well, no, they don't. Actually, ne nobody wants to do anything about Social Security, which is an issue. But it's not going to be an issue in 2024 because neither party has uh, has the courage to take a look at entitlements and say, hey, look, there's a problem here. We've got to restructure these things. Neither party is going to do that. Both parties are saying they won't. So that's de sheer demagoguery, on top of which Joe Biden is already cutting Medicare Advantage payments. <laughs> right. I mean, so right. the only person who's actually touching entitlements right now is Joe Biden. And he's trying to point the finger at Republicans for discussing entitlements, which they're not. When you, uh, they should be, but they're not. Yeah, and they said during the State of the Union that they wouldn't, and everyone was like, right. "Oh, that's great. We we we've got a deal. Well, we we've still got a problem. Is what we have." The beginning of that video is all about conjuring up January sixth. Yes. Everything is about January sixth. Yeah. So they ran from the basement. And we're able to demagogue Trump into a victory in 2020, if you will. They're going to demagogue everybody as being guilty of January 6th 
who isn't with them. That's the plan. You, Ed Marcy, me, Tony Katz, everybody watching uh, uh, videos on Rumble, everybody listening to my radio shows, everybody listening to your podcast, uh, the Ed Morrissey podcast. Uh, uh, they're all guilty, right? Anybody who's not with us is against us. That's right. the message of the great unifier? Yes, it's it, that's always been Joe Biden's message. Always, 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 always. There's this media mythology about Joe Biden, about compassion and caring, which is absolute. Um, well, I got to be careful because this is going to go on. <laughs> it's going to go on FCC controlled air, um, which is drizzly manure. Malarkey. Malarkey, <laughs> malarkey. is the it's, word you were looking for. It's Ed. malarkey. It is malarkey. This guy has always been a raging demagogue. This is the guy who in 2012 was telling black voters, they're going to put you all back in chains. I mean, that's Joe Biden. Joe Biden has always been a vicious, angry little man who is completely narcissistic. Now, narcissism runs deep in American politics. So mm -hmm. in that sense, he's not terribly unique, but he has no substance. He never has had any substance. This is a guy who has changed his spots as often as he thinks it's going to um, uh, benefit him to do so. There's no moral center to Joe Biden. Uh, it's strictly... A, um, it, it's strictly a, you know, uh, uh, ubiest mea uh, calculation. Where's mine? <laughs> Almost wow. literally in terms of that Biden incorporated. Heavy. That was heavy. Let me give it to you now. Let me give you a part two. Let me give you a part two of that ad. The first part was that whole run up of uh, MAGA Republicans are going to do this. And and if, if you trust MAGA Republicans, we're going to lose democracy. And, and, and they're fascists. And right. So we know how ugly this election is going to get. Here's the part two. Because I know America. I know we're good and decent people. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty and respect and treating each other with dignity. That we're a nation where we give hate no safe harbor. We believe that everyone is equal, that everyone should be given a fair shot to succeed in this country. Thank you for choosing Thank us. You. Every generation of Americans has faced a moment when they have to defend democracy. Stand up for our personal freedom. Stand up for the right to vote and our civil rights. And this is our moment. on to say let's finish the job let's and finish the Joe job yeah. by the way how mafia is that let's finish the job let's yeah. finish the job right <laughs> eddie eddie you listen to me tony eddie? tony eddie, i talked to paulie i talked to tommy i talked to tommy i talked to paulie we got to finish this thing we can't have him walking around like we can't have a country walking around like this hey, we got to hey. end it Hey, we know that we know that the job's good for Tony the Beard. So Tony the Beard, you got to go out and finish the job. Is that what I am now, Tony, Tony the, the beard. beard? You know what? That can be taken a lot of different ways. This is 
one of the things I noticed about the video, Ed, talking to Ed Morrissey of hotair.com is that there is a highlighting of Kamala Harris. There is a highlighting of Katanji Brown Jackson. And there's a shot of him on the Edmund Pettus Bridge, which I have no issue with, of course, arm in arm, he's two down from Al Sharpton. Now, yeah. you want to highlight your vice president, even though she's wildly unpopular and incapable, sure. You want to highlight Katanji Brown Jackson, uh, the first black woman to serve on the Supreme Court. I, I can see that. That makes sure. sense. Al Sharpton. You're going to highlight Al Sharpton? Maybe I don't understand Birds where... Birds of a feather. They're both, the, they're both vicious the demagogues. They're both vicious demagogues. Both of them are vicious demagogues. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, the imagery in this, you can, we can break down the imagery. The imagery is fine. I don't see an issue with the imagery. It's the content. I mean, every single line in this is a cliche, right down to let's finish the job, which is something that every incumbent president says during a re-election campaign. Donald Trump said it. Let me finish the job. Finish the job. Finish the There is not an original thought anywhere in this. There's not an original sentence <laughs> anywhere in this. It's it's what, what? a uh, regurgitation of cliche after cliche after cliche that says absolutely nothing about Biden's current term, let alone Biden's next term. But isn't that the, the telling part? That there's nothing about uplift. There's nothing about what yeah. we're going to do next. There's nothing about what we're going to try next. It is simply us against them. The yeah. entire three minutes plays out this horror story of us against them. And that's supposed to attract voters. So I'm asking you, I mean, you're the guy who wrote the book Going Red. You yeah. wrote the book on how you can just change a couple of votes in a couple of counties and literally change a, a, elections. You can find that book at Amazon.com wherever fine books are sold. Who is the audience for this re-election video? Oh, this is simply a base turnout video. I mean, this is the Alexander Ocasio-Cortez base that they're talking to here. Uh, I, I don't even think that they're thinking about going beyond their base in this video. This is nothing more than a demagogic call out. This is what demagoguery is. Demagoguery is always about us versus them. It's never about unity. And that's another thing that the media gets wrong about Joe Biden. He's never been about unity. There's never been anything about Joe Biden's been about unity. It's always been about demagoguery. It's always about division. He just keeps jumping over the lines sometimes Take as to me, which party he wants to be in. Just about, about that side. demagoguery, right? Ab about that. Take me through a quick history lesson. Are you going back to his time as a senator in, in specific or in general? Are you going back to the uh, confirmation hearing of uh, Clarence Thomas? Uh, take yeah, me, all of those things. I mean, I mean, I mean, walk me through it. I mean, Joe Biden was was siding with segregationists when he first got to Congress because he was a senator from Delaware and that was beneficial to him. And he was siding with the segregationists. Um, and then when they got that got to be politically unpalatable, he switched sides and made himself into a civil rights uh, icon, um, you know, claiming again. Uh, you know, basically falsely claiming to have been involved in the civil rights movement, uh, to have, you know, participated in protests. I mean, uh, you can go over to fact checkers and, and see all the different lies that that Joe Biden has told about his early years in the civil rights movement. Um, uh, this is a guy who 
routinely lies about himself, about his track record. Uh, so you get into the Clarence Thomas hearings, and I mean, that's certainly demagogic. Uh, you know, for that matter, um, I, I believe he also participated in the Bork hearings, uh, although I don't think he was uh, the judiciary chair at the time, as he was with Clarence Thomas. Uh, and that was demagoguery. Um, there was a lot of things going on in the Bork hearing, uh, but I mean, True. he's got he's got a he's got a history of this right straight through. They're going to put you all back in chains. This is a guy who thrives on demagoguery. He thrives on uh, division and uh, attempts to make his opposition uh, to something that's completely illegitimate so as to legitimize himself. Doesn't matter what side he's on. That's his tactic. This has always been his tactic. It's always been his strategy. And we just saw three minutes of it. Ed Morrissey is his name. Find his work at hotair.com. And don't forget to become a VIP uh, over there. Ed Morrissey, always appreciate you. Much, much more to get to. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. Harry Belafonte Jr. dead at the age of 96. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. The report was congenitive heart failure. Uh, Just say natural causes. 96. What a life. Don't get me wrong. I was not a political fan of Harry Belafonte Jr. uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But there's a story there and there's music there. I mean, this song, the level of iconic going on here, the level of iconic of this song. Work all night and I drink a rum. Stack banana till the morning come. I mean, it just is what it is, what it is. I don't think it's as good as jumping the line, but it's just, it's a classic. Generationally, I mean, what's this song? 50 years old? 60 years old? Generationally? People hear this song, they they know how to do it, they know how to sing it, they know how to play along to it. I don't know if they know it from the Beetlejuice days or whatever it is, but they, they, they know. That's, man, that's a rare, rare kind of thing. I, I'm just appreciating that part of it. The politics, no, not, not at not at all. Uh, but I, I find that there are many people who I think have these very, very perverted politics uh, based on um, their their station, you know, and 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 what what certain places have done for them. I, I just don't know how they they keep to it. But that's 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 not my concern. That's not my worry. Uh, sharing a story and and a song that you know is going to outlast you and me. It is. It's it's going to outlast both of us. Dale, the banana boat song, I believe, is the the proper terminology for it. You can find everything we do at TonyCats.com. You can't find the song there. 
I don't have the rights. I mean, I could, I, I could share it here because, you know, the rights are taken care of. But I can't just, you know, say, hey, my song. So you're not going to find that at TonyCats.com. But everything else you'll find at TonyCats.com. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz Today. Very good to see the state of Indiana moving against ESG, environmental social governance, because this isn't about good investing. This is about investing the way the investor class demands it for their ideology. This is about business, not growing a business, but business growing their ideology. This is about control, and that's why it has to be done away with. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I don't argue that a company can't have a strategy of, well, this is what we invest in the environment and this is what we use as recyclable or whatever else. You can do what you want as a company. But if I'm going to invest in the company, the company has to be working towards profitability and providing me a return on my investment. That's why I'm investing in it. But if you decide that you're going to have these major organizations that do massive amounts of investing for people the nation over, not investing in companies that are going to make a return, a profit, but rather investing in companies because they have aligned environmental goals, sorry, that's not going to work. That dog won't hunt, as the expression goes. Yet we see this happening. This is about... Leaders in, in they, they, uh, this, the IBJ is the story that I have in front of me, the Indianapolis Business Journal, uh, Pete Blanchard writing on this one, and he refers to it as, as leaders. And so I just I've read that. I, I don't I, I hate saying legislative uh, leaders, and state leaders, GOP leaders. Stop it. This is about rational people um, looking at banks and investment firms and asset managers and saying your belief in climate change is not a sound argument for investing. And the people who you are investing their money, they don't know that you're this ideologically insane. They're expecting a return on their investment and you have a responsibility to those people. Now, you got to love the way that it was written by Peter Blanchard. This legislation or the legislation in Indiana mirrors national efforts by GOP leaders to punish large banks have taken public stances on climate change, gun control, and social issues. Punish. That's a take. That's a remarkable take. And just an example of someone who clearly wrote an article that they're angry about the result as opposed to what it is that's happening. This isn't punishing anyone. This is reminding people of their responsibilities. They have a responsibility to the investor. They have a responsibility to do everything in their power, legally, of course, to engage a return, a value to the investor. If you have a policy, well, be with us on gun control, otherwise we won't invest in you. You think that's valuable? I think that's abusive as all get out. And if you want to say to me, look, I'm not going to buy from your company unless you do X, Y, and Z. That's one thing. You as an individual, I'm not going to invest in your company unless you do X, Y, Z. That's one thing. You want that from an institutional side? That's abusive and we shouldn't allow it and shouldn't want it. 
We should aggressively fight against it. And I'm happy to see in the state of Indiana, the bill, it's House Bill 1008. It was authored by Representative Manning out of Logansport. It directs the Indiana Public Retirement System Board to refrain from making investments, and I'm quoting here, with the purpose of influencing any social or environmental policy or attempting to influence the governance of any corporation for non-financial purposes. Right. Right. If you want to send somebody a strongly worded letter, you go right ahead as the individual investor. But the institutional investor should only be concerned with the return that that company is getting. If you're going to say, hey, here's the fund that we create and we don't invest in these things. Well, that's an interesting take because you're letting people know right from from the start. My father has always had a, a pretty remarkable theory. The theory involves licensing, to which he is not a fan and, and neither am I. The idea that I give up my rights to the government only to be able to lease them back based on considerations that only they get to decide seems pretty nutty to me. And then people say, so what, you want unlicensed doctors? And my answer has always been, as my father's answer is, and I believe he's accurate on this, if somebody wants to be an unlicensed doctor, I think they should be able to be an unlicensed doctor. I think they just have to let people know that they're an unlicensed doctor. They've got to put it right there on the shingle. Dr. So-and-so, I don't have a license. Enter at your own risk. Now, that's a real conversation about liberty and about freedom. That's about people saying, you know what? I have a skill set. I think I can help you. I don't have a license. You don't want to use me? That's fine. Notice the conversation was never about, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a licensed doctor, but I don't tell people that. <laughs> Suckers. No, that's fraud. No one in my family ever believed in fraud. Let people know and then let them make decisions. So if you want to tell people, if you're a fund that wants to tell people, hey, we only do this. I wouldn't really have an argument with that because then people could decide whether or not they invest in that fund. But if it's a fund that's happening through their employer where they really have no say and they really have no understanding and the fund now wants to get involved in the wokeity woke 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 oh nobody no 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 and there are many so-called leaders again with the leaders and the air quotes in indiana who who buy into all of this stuff and never ask that base question they're so busy showing you how good they are and how decent they are. Look at us and look at all the people who agree with me. And oh, look at all the people who love me because I do all the things that are good and decent. Is what you're doing good and decent? Because it's not. How come you don't have anybody else in your life telling you, hey, have you really taken a look at this thing? Of course, ESG is not good or decent. And of course, any leader in the state of Indiana who believes this thing provides a value is somebody who should not be a leader. No one has ever questioned them. No one has ever pushed them. This is part of the problem. When uh, I shared with you guys last week, I think it was last week, it might have been two weeks ago by now, this video they did, this undercover video they did of administrators in the state of Indiana, school administrators all pushing this woke agenda, all pushing critical race theory. I love it. People are still on Twitter. You can't define what critical race theory is. Why do you keep saying that? You don't know what it is. They're not teaching in Indiana. 
I have administrators admitting that they keep it quiet. They keep it quiet. They hide it from parents. They have students doing white privilege walks, a host of things being discussed. It's clear. It's on tape. It's indefensible. They should all be fired. And it hasn't happened yet. Somehow, many of them, if not all of them, still have jobs, only showing that somehow Hoosier parents don't seem to give a damn what happens to their kids. It's unbelievable. Although there are plenty of Hoosier parents that are fighting. You have the the assistant superintendent in, in Plainfield, right, to the west of Indianapolis, saying we just try and keep things really quiet. We try and keep it under the radar. That's the way we like it. That way we don't get bothered with all the things that we're teaching. She's the same person who brought up white privilege walks. I didn't. She did. She shouldn't have a job as far as I'm concerned. And I don't know why the people of Plainfield are in any way okay with it. But people are shocked and amazed when you're like, this is a terrible idea. White privilege walks. What are you doing to kids? And there's there. What, what, what do you mean? You don't understand. And all the things that they do. Now, some of those people are true, raw ideologues. They are believers in the destruction of Western civilization. The other ones of them are the useful idiots. They just want to be seen as good and caring and decent. And they have never heard why it isn't good, caring and decent. And they have absolutely nobody to back them up. I have never seen a reaction uh, as I have to the interview I did yesterday with uh, Elon Surlovich, who is the CEO of Agard Watches, which I'm, I'm, I'm going to work out a, a deal with and we're going to start maybe repping uh, the, the, the brand because I love the idea of, of any company standing up and saying, you know what, there is a right and a wrong here and, and we're not going to be afraid to speak our views out and then you're going to decide whether or not you, you buy from us or not but we have to be honest and clear about what it is we believe now this is a company making a statement you'll notice that if patagonia wants to make a statement here here's how we're going to spend our money all the profits are going to the environment like think patagonia is the company that did that i think it's crazy but you go ahead it's your company do anything you think well please you'll get no argument from me it's your company do what you want I am not here to tell you, but investors in the company should know what you're doing and then decide how to act. And when those investors come from institutional places and you're not in letting the investors know, but you as the institution are engaging in force against companies, do what we say, say what we believe or else. Well, that's abusive. No one is really there to explain it to these quote unquote leaders. No one. And so much of what we're seeing societally has people pulling back, saying, you know what? Everyone's crazy. Forget this. I'm done. I'm out. I'm gone. See you later. Bye-bye. I think it's time to double down. When we talk about education and what an absolute horror show education is, and trust me, education in Indiana is nothing in terms of the bad compared to what's going on in Minnesota and, and Illinois 
and Rhode Island, it's it, it's so awful as to be believed. There is no more education. There's only an indoctrination to the leftism. And that's what's happened over the last 50 years where you had leftist professors teaching uh, students how to be leftists, and then they uh, put out more leftist students, and eventually the, the, the wheel keeps turning, and then these ideas, which are radical and pathetic and anti-capitalist and certainly anti-humanity, uh, they become mainstream. These people actually think they have have an argument for why capitalism should be destroyed as if they could do anything better. They can't do anything better. They are not smarter. And by the way, there is no such thing as late stage capitalism or any other descriptor they want to give. Anytime you engage a modification of capitalism, it's a bastardization of capitalism and it's not capitalism. So you don't have to consider that part anymore, in my view, because it isn't what it isn't. Capitalism is. And capitalism has set people free. Capitalism has created wealth. Capitalism has created opportunity, more so than any socialism on the planet ever anywhere since the start of mankind. And I'll debate anybody on this. You think there's a college professor in the sound of my voice, a college president in the sound of my voice, a bank CEO, a biomed CEO, some business leader who can argue that capitalism has somehow not created more value than socialism? Pick the time and place. Let's go do this thing. Bring a crowd, bring bourbon, daddy gets thirsty. If you as a business want to do something, that's fine. If you as an investor want to do something, that's fine. If you as an institutional investor want to not invest for profit and profitability in return, but based on some other social ethos of the hour, the answer is no. And that's why this legislation is so incredibly important. But the key here, for example, on education is that we ceded education to the left and here we are. What you have to do is take it back. And I, I had talked about this for years and I've actually been off the subject uh, for, for, for years and I just want to bring it back. You can't cede education to these people. You have to be in it. You can't cede the business community to these people. You have to be in it. You can't cede culture and media to these people. You have to be in it. I'm living proof of this. You have to be in it. It's why when you, when you heard me talk, uh, for example, with uh, Sue Elsperman, the president of Ivy Tech, I'm reaching out. How, how can I be of service? I think Ivy Tech could benefit from someone like me on their board. I think that there are a fair amount of companies who could benefit from someone like me. Notice I didn't say me. I said someone like me on their board. Paid, unpaid, that's not the part that matters. What matters is making an impact. Part of the problem of the political right is when you talk about, hey, we're looking at invest investors in this or investors in that, they always want to say, great, what's my return going to be? The left never asks that because they understand instinctively that the return is the message gets out there. Here's the return, political right. You invest in me, the message gets out there, and you have a greater chance of keeping the country. That's, that's the return. I mean, that's it. That fundamentally is the return. I'm not saying that there aren't good business opportunities, and, and certainly uh, I have them and many other people have them. But that's, that's the return. The reason why you need to invest your time is that the return is you might be able to keep the country. You might make things a little bit better. That's the return. And that's where we have to be. 
And I think this, this ESG conversation, whether it's in the state of Indiana or other places, is a great example of the start of that. The return is we get a semblance of normalcy. And maybe we teach this Republican Party in Indiana, which has been pretty damn feckless until really this term. They've done a couple of things that make you say, hmm, maybe, maybe, maybe there's hope. Not everything, please. Oh, the whole taxation issue. That's that's a burn the house down kind of conversation. But they have to know that we've got their back when they do smart things. So they'll continue to do what? Smart things things. It can't all be stick. There's got to be some carrot. And sometimes you got to get involved because with these companies or with these organizations, whatever it is, it can't all be stick. There's got to be some carrot. Hey, I want to get involved. Hey, I think you could benefit from some of the things I have to offer a different perspective. This is what I'm trying to do with my life. I'm very happy to see what Republicans have done in Indiana with ESG. I'm Tony Katz. So I'm getting ready to start exploring McAllen, Texas, which, as I was saying, there is more money here than I thought. There really is. It's it's quite incredible. I, I didn't know what to expect from, from the city. I just, I had not done research on the city. And then I get off the plane and I'm greeted by like four different ads for jewelry stores. Hublot, uh, Rolex, uh, Boulevard, Accutron, which is a very, very cool, especially now the Space Views, which are remakes, but there's you can get the original ones. So awesome. So I, I have a Space View. Uh, Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, guys? And driving around, jewelry store, jewelry store. How much money is in this town? And then to have some uh, someone tell me, uh, probably 30% of this town is cartel money. 30%? Now, normally I'd be like, okay, well, you're just making that up. But all you're advertising to me is jewelry stores. And then I have malls, jewelry stores. What is going on here? So it's one of the many questions I have. And I'm hoping to be able to get the answers while I'm here and be able to share them with you. So I'm I'm going to the border. I'm going to see what the story is. And I'm going to bring it back to you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I'm Tony Katz. Tomorrow, everyone. Take care.